Uh, but uh, uh, Tuesday was married 58 years, and uh, uh, but when I'm preaching, I feel 29. Uh, so I may just preach right on through tonight, Amen. Just so I can have a good day, Amen. Uh, we're glad you're here. I thank God for your pastor, his wife, and and the staff, and everyone. And like I say, some of you I've known for many, many years. Thank God for your faithfulness. God is at work. Uh, COVID spun the world on its end. Who would have ever imagined that the church would voluntarily uh, give up the assembly, give up worship, corporate worship, uh, give up basically evangelism, and the list goes on and on, uh, voluntarily. And yet, that's what COVID did uh, uh, in the spiritual arena. And I thank God you're back. And, and, but on the tailgate of this, uh, people are so open. Everywhere I go, the churches are increasing. In Chandler, we had uh, more people in our new converts class, 40-something people in our new converts class than ever before that I can remember in the history of Chandler. And so go for God, live for God uh, uh, there's a lot happening in the earth if you're following Israel and et cetera. Uh, Jesus is coming soon. And so we thank God. Privileged to preach. You have your Bible, Judges chapter 11. Uh, and so I want to look. I preached a series of sermons out of the book of Judges. Uh, and uh, it gives us great insight about God and people. And when you live for God, you, if you've lived for God or lived life very long, uh, there are these turning points with God. There are times when you may be in despair, you may be discouraged, uh, doom and gloom, see no future, difficulties in marriage, difficulties in finances, difficulties in life, and then God steps in. And that whole chapter, it's like you're reading a book and God turns a page. And then, after He intervenes, um, there's possibilities, there's potential, there's blessings. There's destiny, there's future with God. All of these things begin to move. In the chorus we sing uh, this morning, a miracle worker, even when I don't see him, he's working. It's one thing to sing the chorus, it's another thing to live it. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Never stops, never stops working. That is who he is. I want to minister this morning from Judges 11, a, a sermon I've entitled Waymaker, a miracle worker, light in the darkness. That is who he is. Uh, Genesis, or, or, uh, Judges 11, verse 1. Now Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. Gilead begot. 
Jephthah. Gilead's wife bore sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman or a harlot. Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob. Worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. Came to pass after time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. They said to Jephthah, Come be our commander, that we may fight against the people of Ammon. Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, That is why we have turned again to you now, that you may go with us. Fight against the people of Ammon, and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, If you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon, and the Lord delivers them to me, shall I be your head? The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord will be a witness between us. If we do not do according to your words, and Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and commander over them, Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Father, we come by the blood, we come by the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. God, I pray you bind up the brokenhearted, set at liberty those that are bruised, Open prison doors to those that are bound. God, give these people revelation and insight of who you are. May the gospel forever be preached to the poor. We ask you to move today. God, touch hearts and save souls and lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Jephthah is an interesting study. He's a man born in contradiction. In other words, there's these opposite opposing statements made. The first words we hear about him, there's this definition, uh, these factors that are spoken that don't seem to align, they don't seem to agree. As we read uh, in verse 1, uh, this very first glimpse of his life, uh, now Jephthah, was a mighty man of valor, but the son of a harlot. A powerful truth, your birth doesn't have to define who you are. Your birth doesn't have to dictate who you are becoming. Your birth doesn't have to be the determining, dominating factor on who you can be tomorrow and who you are today. The son of a harlot, and yet a mighty man of valor. Jephthah. His name means the one who breaks through. The one who fought for his future. The one who life opened to him. Free to become. A release, a deliverer. 
And yet he was born disadvantaged, the son of a harlot. He's living in his father's house with a stepmother and stepbrothers. You read the story, you can fill in the gaps. These half-brothers, they marked him and mocked him. His mother has no name in the story. No doubt, there's rejection. He's being rejected. There's family, then there's Jephthah. The thing about birth is you don't get to choose. How many figured that out? You don't choose your parents. You don't choose your address. You don't choose your name. You don't choose how tall, how wide, color your skin. You don't choose any of that. In other words, it's set for you. And here he is, though, and maybe that's you this morning. There's a, there's a young man in our church. His name's Robert. We call him Bobby. And he got saved about five, six, maybe six, seven years ago, powerfully converted. But he had priors. He was in our church about eight or nine months. I went to court with him. There was this judge, and he had these priors. Uh, and uh, I'm pleading with this judge. Listen, he and uh, cold-blooded. She gave him, I believe it was, six years, and he got out in four years on good behavior. But listen to this story. The first time he ever met his father was in prison. First time he ever met his father. I mean, he was doing drugs on the street, nine, nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old. We had a big youth rally, and he gave his testimony, and his dad was there in our church, sitting on the front row, and he's speaking all of this, and his dad cries out, I love you, son. But the first time he ever met his father was in prison. And today, I give you a testimony, doing fantastic for God, married, got a baby. uh, But here is this son of a harlot, no name, no recognition, On his mother's side, there is no family reunion. And I wonder how many here, you have your own Jephthah story. You have your own pain ride that you could tell us about. Here his brothers are. He's the son of a heart. I mean, you know, kids can be cruel. Amen. Kids seem to have this gift. Whatever really torments you or bothers you, they can pick it out in a second. Uh, You got one ear that's a little bigger than the other. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. A lot of times they'll make that your nickname. Uh, And uh, they they the cause of humiliation. uh, And the problem when it's family, no doubt they're taunting him, mocking him, ridiculing him, calling him names, and there's no escape. It's not like some kid at school that you can go home and get away from. That You go home, they're there. I just read this account. Mother sues Twitter 
This video of her son was retweeted 167,000 views. And the statements, your son will grow up and be a school shooter. Your mama's a whore. 167,000 times. I wonder about Jephthah ringing in his ears, son of a harlot. No place to hide, no escape. As a child, maybe those words had no meaning. A small child, he wouldn't understand or know what that meant. But as he grew older, I wonder maybe he asked dad, he said, dad, dad, what does that mean? And his father explains it to him. Maybe tears roll down his face. Or he tries to run and hide. What's your story? Can you identify, would you listen, life somewhere, unless you're very, very fortunate, you'll experience the Jephthah chapter. Here he is. Scholars feel his father died was the reason for the words, you shall have no inheritance in our father's house. They feel this probably wouldn't have happened had his father been living. But now his father is probably deceased, but the story does tell us, you're out! You're not family. You're the son of another woman. And the Bible says Jephthah fled from his brothers. I want to make a statement to you. Their rejection became God's direction. Do you hear what I'm saying? God will allow people to kick you to the very place that prepares you for your purpose? Can you grasp that? The only way he would have ever went to Tob, he would have never volunteered on his own. Joseph, you know the story, he would have never went to Egypt on his own. He's his father's favorite. He has the coat of many colors. He has influence, he has love, he has position, and yet his brothers, you know the story, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. In other words, their rejection, some almost 20 years, he's there, you know the story, he's a slave. Potiphar's house, he begins to be blessed, and Potiphar's wife accuses him falsely of sexually trying to attack her. He's thrown in prison. He's forgotten in prison. All of these dynamics at work. Listen to me. People's rejection so many times is God's direction. Joseph, think about this later in life. His brothers come to him. There's a famine. He's the prime minister of Egypt. 
His brothers come. They're starving. He has all this grain. And he makes this statement, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good that I might save many people alive. Is that just a song you sing? Waymaker, miracle worker, never stops working, light in the darkness. Or is it a life you live? Jephthah, they rejected him. They forced him. The word used is a strong word. Being kicked to the curb. Some feel there might even been some physical action. Somewhere in life, you will desperately need to understand this because you won't live life long without somewhere, someone will reject you. Someone you loved sometimes. Someone you put your dreams in, your hopes in, your heart in. And they reject you. Threw me off. But God took me in. You rejected me right into the arms of God's acceptance. Their pain put me in the place that prepared me for my purpose. He's in Tob now. Jephthah, the son of the harlot, the land of Tob, the place where God was good to me, the place where God prepared me, the place of learning for my purpose. You see, life is not just about arriving, but who will you be when you get there? A lot of young men, they want to preach. We've launched some 150 churches out. They want to get to the pulpit. But it's not just the position or the place, but what kind of man, what kind of woman, what kind of couple, what kind of person will you be when you arrive? It's the pain of life many times that prepares you for purpose. Gives you a heart for people. Amen. I was raised poor. I was raised in the country. I was a vegetarian and didn't know it. <laughs> uh, we didn't have a refrigerator. And so you, you, it's hard to have meat. If you, my dad would kill a chicken every once in a while. I mean, it was like Christmas, amen, when he killed a chicken. And I was organic and didn't know it because everything come out of the garden, amen. We didn't, uh, I'm talking about a real life, amen. <laughs> and, uh, but... Uh, maybe that's why I'm so healthy, 79, man, and still I'm feeling good right now. Amen. While I'm preaching, I'm feeling young. But, uh, <laughs> but you, you know, life, life, and everyone here has your own history. But so why you, you kids raised in church, you need to thank God. You, you need to thank God. I don't know about you. We pastored a lot of you. Pastor Larry Mona, we, we pastored a lot of crazy people in Chandler. I'm serious. We just had a funeral the other day. I mean, we funerals. Heartbreaking funerals. Young people. Cantu kid, Jonathan Cantu, in our church when he was young, 17 years old. 
I was about 26. Just buried him the other day. It wasn't COVID. Marky Marcus shot in the chest with a shotgun. James Jr. four times in the head. Gang related. Talking about you need to be grateful about life and the church. People of God. And uh, I'm, we have people, I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. We had a funeral not long ago, and, and you know, uh, I mean, it was, there was probably, I don't know, 100 people saved. And, uh, I mean, their bandanas, they're throwing all their colors in the coffin. Many of you, maybe Johnny uh, Mar- Wimpy, Martinez, James Martinez, younger brother, I remember when he was a kid, 20, 21 years old in our church, and I said, Johnny, listen, there's, there's, there's a curse on your family. I know your family. They die violent deaths. All in, They go to prison. It's like a family reunion. I'm serious. They don't fear prison. Sisters in prison. Rachel, I mean, spent 10 years in prison. James, Pastor James Martinez got saved. They locked him back up for nine months. He's calling me every day. You know those calls. If this is not an official call, hang up. And it's from the county in places. <laughs> and, and, but but here's, here's Johnny Wimpy, 2021. I said, listen, listen to me, listen to me. Got to be careful who you hang with. Got to be careful who you run with. And you know, he's young and got messed up, went to prison for like 10 years, got out for maybe a year and a half and got in a big old gang-related drug deal, went back for 14 years, got out of prison. He's like almost 50, 49 years old, powerfully saved. I mean, powerfully saved. Living for God. In church on Wednesday night, sit praying right over here and went home that night had a massive heart attack went into eternity but I remember telling him he spent most of his adult life in prison from like 21 years old to 49 years old I remember telling him as he listened to me listen to me he brought his brother James who's a pastor today Maybe many of you know Pastor Martinez. Pastor's an incredible church in, in Glendale, some 250 people. And his son went to India, Andy, and, and he brought his brother. Listen, hell don't play. Hell don't play. But my point is, no doubt many of you have your own story, but let Jephthah speak to you. He goes to the land of Tob. Tob can be deceptive because it doesn't look promising. It looks like a disaster. It looks like the last place you would want to be because in Judges 11.3 it said these worthless men. I'm surrounded with these losers. Tob, the place of the worthless, the no value. The cast off. Who would want to be here? But it was in this place that God developed him as a leader and prepared him for his purpose. 
It said these worthless men gathered together to him. David, the greatest king Israel ever had. 1 Samuel 22, 2, everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him and he became a captain over, him, over them, about 400 men. Debt, discontented, and distressed. Judges 11.3, worthless men bonded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. Listen, many times in the difficult place is where you learn the greatest lessons. People ask me, as I, especially as I get older, say, Pastor Campbell, was there any real moments when God elevated your ministry? First time a man asked me that was in California at a men's D. And I kind of caught me off guard. And I, I went away and thought about it. And you know, when God enlarged my heart the most was in the difficult times. Our daughter died suddenly. Any of you know the story? 16 years old, almost 16. I'm in the Philippines. She has an accident. Those days I had no money had no credit cards. Took me like two or three days to get home. Another time was when I was a missionary. Your pastor missionary. We tell the stories. Kitway, Zambia. Listen, there was nothing in Kitway. We had this incredible church, some seven, eight hundred people, probably three hundred disciples. Power, but I wouldn't live. There was no place to. I slept with Luke. Amen. Luke was a little boy. Amen. He's trying to take the whole bed. Amen. And Luke's grown, married now, you know, got children and uh, no place to eat. Uh, but it, as a missionary, everything's stretched. Your whole world is spun out of control. Other time was with some men were like sons to me. I'd launched them and pastored them and they walked away. It was the pain moments that God prepares you. Tob is where he learned to be a leader. I wonder how many abort God's destiny and future in the land of Tob. Place of difficulty, place of struggle. Looks like your dream's never going to happen. Looks like God's not working. But he didn't quit. He didn't throw in the towel. He didn't give up. Uh, he didn't get bitter and twisted. Life can make you mean. Amen. How I many you know that? There may be some mean folks sitting beside you. Don't. <laughs> you may be one. Amen. You may be one of them. Amen. And, uh, but I mean, we, you know, we have all kind of people in church. People come from all kind of different walks of life. Uh, and here he is, Jephthah. He goes to Tob. And was here where his heart and his revelation. Listen, Tob is where you find out what you're made of. Uh, listen, no cross, no resurrection. The cross, Jesus said, except a man 
deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. He cannot be my disciple. The cross is, is not just a piece, it's not a piece of jewel. It's where they killed him. It's a place of pain and ridicule and disappointment many times. But listen, if, you, if you'll hang with the cross, that's where resurrection is born. That's where you're changed from glory to glory into his likeness and into his image. That's where God shows up. And your most powerful experiences happen right here. Jephthah, the son of a harlot, mighty man of valor, this contradiction seemingly, rejected by his family, his brothers thrust him out. It's a violent term, uh, even probably physical. And where does he end up? In Tob, the place where all, it says, all these worthless men gathered to him. But it was right there. God prepared him. God shaped his heart. And in Judges 11.4, it came to pass after a time. Oh, listen, God's time. Remember what I said? You can be living in hell on earth here this morning. And God just turns a page. God's time. God's time is God's time. God saved me. I was insane. I was 29 years old, came through the 60s. I mean, I was, I mean, I was, I know you look at me, this old white man, no hair, you know, and all, got a suit on, all this kind of stuff. I was crazy. Carried a gun most of the time. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife. I mean, when, when, when I got saved and you got biker friends that say, we're glad you got saved, you know you're in trouble, amen? <laughs> and, and, but, but anyway, it was, it was God's time. I didn't even plan on going to church that night. I, my wife had got saved, you know, and, and I mocked her when she went to get baptized in water, old, some, you know. I mean, uh, you know, an album. I, we had albums, these big discs, they were black, and you put them on, drop this needle on them, and it went around, and a noise came out. Some people today don't even know what that is. But I played the pusher man when she's, that's pretty cold. That's pretty cold-blooded. And, and we're, we're getting ready, you know, we're inviting this friend over. Him and his wife, no cell phones or nothing those days. And my wife prepared that. He didn't show up. I said, who's he? Who do you think he is anyway? She said, well, won't you go to church with me tonight? There's a revival. I said, yeah. Hey, come over here. Ain't nobody here. That night, and a handful of people, maybe 30 people, I'm sitting on the very back row. I mean, you know, I'm looking at them people. I think I could never do this. In a club, no problem. I can do this. But I'm looking in church, these guys. But that night, man, it was, it, was, it was God's time. I had no clue. I know nothing about church. I remember 
It was like I'm watching myself. They gave an altar call. And I'm, I'm like in the back. Like I say, might have been 25, 30 people there. And I'm walking down the aisle. And I'm like I'm watching myself. It's like this LSD experience. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I prayed a prayer a child could pray. I mean, I didn't know how to pray. You know, I mean, you locked up. Anybody ever been locked up? You, you pray, get me out of here. You know, you know, I know how to pray that prayer. <laughs> but I prayed a prayer. God, I'm messed up. I'm, I knew it. I nobody had to tell me I'm. A, I was a horrible father. I had two kids. They they thought the babysitter was their mother. That's bad. Mom Garner. They called her Mom Garner because Connie and I we just partied. That's why I mock church people. I've never really really partied. I've been sick before. Sick. Sick. I mean, I'm talking about fever, crazy sick. Your eyes crossing, you're so sick. And so, hey, there's a party. Get a, okay, okay. And, and you people get a little sniffle, can't come to church. Pastor, I can't make it. I, I, I got a little bit. I need an, I think, shh, come on. Come on, you know. They talk about, uh, Rome up here talking about the church pastor taking an offering. How many ever went to a club and all you want is my money. Of course they did. Come on, of course they did. I never went to a club and said, 10% and I'm out of here. <sighs> uh, come on. You ever tell the man? You ever tell the man, oh, 10% and, and I'm gone? No. You know what? I come home before and had nothing. Spend it and brag. Oh, you should have been there. I mean, spending money on people I haven't seen since 1967. You know, you know, you know, you get all high and crazy. You just get together. They come to church and get all. Jephthah, time, time came when they needed him. Bible says the people of Ammon made war against Israel. Now the nations in a cry, the very family that kicked him to the curb, now they need him. They're being overrun by the enemy. Who can we call that knows how to fight? Who's qualified? Judges 11.5. So it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel. The elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. Verse 6, they said to Jephthah, can you be our commander? He's been raiding. Listen, sometimes the very people who rejected you, when you live for God, they'll come to you. Very ones that badmouth you. When all of hell crashes in on them. People watch you. People watch you. They'll come. They'll come. It's amazing. A lot of my, most of my friends that back in the old days are all dead. And most of them are all gone. They're just various things, you know. It's sad. Some of them suicide. Some of them accidents, 
others' disease and stuff. And it's interesting, when they die, they want me to fly from Arizona back to Illinois to bury them. That's something I hadn't seen in 40 years. But the family will call me. Wife or the kids call me. They call Jephthah out of Tob. Listen to his response in verse 11. Jephthah said to the elders, of, Do you, Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you're in distress? He said, Let's get this straight. You didn't want me. Put me out of my father's house. Said, I have no inheritance because I'm the son of a harlot. But now you, you need me? said, we, we need someone that knows how to fight. The elders of Gilead, verse 8, said to Jephthah, that's why we have turned to you now, that you may be with us and fight against the people of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants. And they made him commander over them. And that was his position till he died. We sang the chorus earlier, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Never stop, never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light of the, that's who you are. Is that who God is to you? I want to ask the song service to come. And I want to sing that chorus if they'd make their way to the platform. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness. That's who you are. Is that who he is to you? You know, you can sing the chorus, but when you're caught in life, is he the way maker? He makes a way, the Bible says, where there appears to be no way. I mean, he, I can tell you stories here all day long about God. God, personal experiences with God. People wrote me off, but God didn't. I'm standing on a street corner. I've been saved a couple months. It's in Illinois. These biker friends are all pulling on me. Hey, man, come on, go. You can ride, ride with us. You can ride with us. I've been witnessing to them. And they say, you don't have to drink nothing. You have to just ride with us. There's nothing. Just ride with I said, I'm not. And I mean, they were pulling on me. And I said, I'm not going. In fact, I'm selling my bike. And you've heard me. I didn't, I didn't mean to say it. 
was like I planted. And in fact, when I said it, I said, why did you say that? I want to grab those words and pull them back. But I know once I said it, even in the streets, man, I keep my word. They turned, and I turned to walk down the street. I'm a new convert. I, I mean, I still look like, I mean, I look nothing like I look today. And God whispered to me, son, if you'll be faithful, I'll cause you to preach in the nations. Preach in Russia, all across Africa, Europe, India, Australia, Latin America, Mexico, Guam. I mean, missionary in Malaysia for years. But watch this. I went and told my pastor, and that's all he could do is keep from laughing. Listen, God will whisper stuff to you, and even the church may laugh. But listen, God is faithful. God is faithful. Listen, one of the power, I didn't understand none of this when I got saved. I was just in a lot of pain. Wanted to change, didn't know how. Used to make New Year's promises. I got saved like in February. New Year's Eve, me and Connie part. And I'm making, honey, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I know, I know, I, I know, I, I know the pain I've caused. I, I wasn't ignorant, but I know how to change. I make these resolutions. <laughs> I'd be lucky if they lasted a week. And that was a good week. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And, but I, what I didn't understand, I, that I just need to be forgiven. But I didn't understand. Salvation was more than just forgiveness. Salvation gave me a purpose in life. God began to change everything that was important to me. Oh, it didn't all happen in a week or in a year. But listen, he's a way maker. I mean, you, you look at my old high school album from East Chicago, Indiana. And they, you know what they did on my pit? Drew these whiskey bottles. I, I mean, you know, that, that, that was their prophecy about me. And it almost came true. My, my dad was an alcoholic. But listen, God is a waymaker. You're here this morning. Don't write yourself out of the script. Don't, don't just, don't throw in the towel when things get tough. God is faithful. I want to sing this chorus. And I'm going to give an altar call. But I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I want to sing this waymaker. I'm going to ask you if you could put the words up wherever they are. Oh, God, he came Oh, God, we love your name. Yeah. Moving in the midst, I worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. Darkness, my God, that is who you are. We make a miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You 
this message is all about it's about hope it's about being changed it's about the living God becoming personal and you need Jesus you need to be forgiven there is nothing in all of life like being forgiven guilt pain Pain you've caused yourself, pain you've caused people you love and people who love you. The guilt of that drive you to drugs and insanity. But I'm talking about the love of God who forgives. He forgives. And the Bible says he takes that sin and that pain and he casts it as far as the east is from the west. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I got up from that altar all those years ago, 1971. Never touched drugs again. Got people in our church, AJ, Washington, D.C., 10 rehab programs, got saved. She never touched drugs again. And the list goes on and on. You're here. God's dealing with you. He's speaking to you. Because he loves you. It's no accident you're here. God was involved. I know people, people maybe brought you in, but listen, God's involved. I wonder how many right now, while heads are bowed, I need Jesus. I need to be forgiven. That's, that's what I need this morning. I need a miracle that'll change me. That's you. You'd lift your hand. Just lift it up. Lift it up. Let me see your hand. I see your hand. Dear God bless you. Thank you. How many more? You join. That's, 